We thank you for Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. You can hug somebody before you're seated this morning. Thank you so much. If this is your first time with us today, thank you for being with us. Um, we're, we're kind of a loving bunch around here. <laughs> you may have already picked that up, that uh, we like to hug, we like to handshake, and we try to be sensitive if you're not a hugger or a handshaker. We do fist bumps as well. Uh, we do that kind of, but if you, but don't be surprised if you get a hug. It's, it, it's not that we're weird or anything, although we may be a little, but um, you know what? We just want to show the love of God, amen? That's good. So again, if you're visiting with us, thank you for being here. Just quickly, what I like to do, if it is your first time or if you've been coming for a little while recently and you haven't filled out in the bulletin a way for me to get in contact with you, I always tell everybody, I promise I will not sell your information, you know, to any internet companies or anything like that. I just want to be able to send you an email or something like that thanking you for being here with us and just seeing if we can connect. I'm telling you, God has been just sending us some wonderful folks lately, and and, and I'm just so thankful that God has entrusted us with you coming here. So again, thank you so much uh, for being here. So we want to turn our attention just real quick before we get into what Dean and Rachel are going to share today, and I'll, I'll explain that here in just a few moments. But as I said that, um, you know, even if this is your first Sunday, we are family. We're the family of God, right? So one of the things that we like to do is we do weep together, we do rejoice together, but when someone has a call, I believe from the Lord ultimately, and they are going to be sent out from here, we want to pray for them. So last night, uh, John and Ralph, if you guys, Ralph, Ralphie, uh, John and Kay, if you guys want to come on up here and... um, these two got hitched last night right here at Abundant Life. Woo. Hey, come on up here so everybody can see you. Right? I know. Wow. So we have um, gotten to know them over the past year or so. They are really good friends with the Leitner family um, and the Hillmans as well. Really, I guess the Hillmans first, and then the Lightners kind of came part of all that. But um, they were racing together in New York. So these are more New Yorkers, you know, Mr. Stowe, it's okay. Um, More New Yorkers that are here. Um, But we're so thankful that they're here. And uh, like I said, they've been attending over the last year or so. And so over the last few months, Stasha and I, she's back with the kiddos today teaching them. But uh, we were able to meet with them and do some premarital counseling. We had a good time. As a matter of fact, some of these counseling sessions ended up to where Stasha and I were kind of counseling ourselves because we were like, hey, wait a minute, we do that. So real life here, people. But we had a good time, and they got married yesterday. So here's the thing. Why did I have them come up here? Well, we're going to pray for them because on Tuesday, uh, they're going to set across the U.S. to Idaho. Kay has accepted a job at a hospital. Pretty, You're pretty important, huh? Um, <laughs> <laughs> at a job, uh, she's going to have a job at another hospital out there, and uh, John, or Ralphie, we call him Ralphie, um, he is in racing, so I've said this before, anywhere you have guys in cars, you're going to find racing. Even if you have guys and horses, you're going to find racing. Guys and thumbtacks, they'll find a way to race thumbtacks or something, but so he'll be probably taking up the racing banner out there in Idaho and showing them how that works. But I wanted us to pray for them. And so I'm going to take just a couple minutes because they have a huge family. And and I thought about this, but I want, would you guys mind coming up here too? And when I say family, I'm talking about the Hillmans um, and the Lightners as well. And I know this platform is going to be full, but can you guys come up here? Because I want you to surround them because you're sending them away as well. While they're coming, um, uh, when, when Kay moved down here, right? Is that how that happened? When she moved down here, she lived with Mr. and Ms. Hillman. And um, so... They were, they're, they're family part two. 
their family part too. And so her and Mel uh, became really good friends. And so um, I want to get this right here. Melody, Melanie already warned me. So really good friends here. But we want to pray over them and send them out. There are like four four square churches out where they're going in Idaho. So they should be able to connect with the family. I'm going to put these right here. Um, we should, you should be able to connect to a, a church family out there. But I am so thankful for your dedication to the Lord. You know, just the last year, really, you guys have turned it up just in pursuing God and pursuing the Lord. And I'm so thankful for that. And uh, we're just glad that we could be a small part um, of just your journey with the Lord. And now, Mr. and Mrs. and heading across the nation. So that's a big deal, right? I mean, how many of you would like to spend your honeymoon driving across the nation? <laughs> it's going to, yeah. <laughs> so do you want to say anything? Are you good? I don't, you good? Okay, thank you. She said thank you. Thank you. There you go. So can you stretch your hands out this way just as an act of reaching out and hugging them? And we're going to pray um, over them today. And also Grayson, he's back with the kids today, right? And Mike and Jen are back with the kids. So, Okay, all right. Big, big Thanksgiving gathering today. That's right. Well, let's pray. Well, Lord, I thank you for this family and this extended family. God, I thank you for John and Kay and for Grayson. Lord, I pray your blessings upon them, Lord, as they make this journey across uh, the nation. So many new beginnings. God, just their growth in you, uh, now a married couple, and now beginning a new life out in Idaho, Lord, I pray that you go before them. Lord, that you straighten the path for them, not only naturally and in the physical, but Lord, spiritually as well. God, I pray that they would be grounded in love and grounded in Christ and grounded in a church family there in Idaho as well. That their light would shine before men so that they would glorify their Father in heaven, Lord. God, we ask your blessings upon them. We send them out in love, not as a goodbye, but uh, to cliche it, uh, see you later. And I'm sure that we will be seeing them again. But, um, Lord, we thank you for the privilege of being able to invest in their lives over this past year or so. And, uh, God, I pray for the Hillmans and the Lightners. And, uh, Lord, for, for uh, John and Kay's family as well. And thank you that they're here today. Uh, God, I pray that you would even uh, just minister to their hearts today. I know they're sending their family uh, all the way across the nation. Lord, we just pray that you would comfort us with your Holy Spirit. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can you just tell them how much you love them? And <laughs> there you go. Thank you so much. Thank you. Love you guys. Thank you. Love you all, too, so you can go ahead and be seated. Man, this is exciting, huh? I mean, were that we were all so adventurous? I don't know. Maybe not. <laughs> so. Um, if you guys want to, you can hang out a little bit after church. I'm sure people want to hug you. Matter of fact, you can go to the back with us whenever we conclude the service today. Wow, I made it through that without crying. For those of you who are part of Abundant Life, you know that's a big deal. <laughs> in Bible college, my wife told me the way to get me to cry was to stick a microphone in my hand, and that was true. That was true. So, oh Well, today, um, if you're visiting with us, normally I'll have a message at this time. By the way, next week we're going to start our Christmas series. Speaking of Christmas, would you look at this place? Isn't it beautiful? Yeah, go ahead. Yep, looks great. Melody led a team of people. Wave, Melody, because not everybody knows you. No, like wave. There you go. Um, 
led a team of people. Her mom and several folks were here throughout the week doing all of this, and it's just absolutely beautiful. So thank you so much. I love the idea of the wreaths hanging. Uh, it's just really beautiful. But uh, next week, we will begin our Christmas series. Can you believe that? Like, Christmas was a month away yesterday. That's just absolutely insane. So we'll start the Advent candles like we normally do, and I'll have a message that we bring about Jesus. I mean, this whole thing is about Jesus. We're going to have uh, several specials that we will be doing. By specials, I mean folks singing special Christmas songs that will be happening all throughout the month of December. This year, obviously, we're not doing a major show like we did last year, or production or Christmas story. I mean, just look around the place. <clears throat> We are full. We are full. And so to have, yeah, praise God for that. Absolutely. Here's what we're going to do. On December the 24th, that's Christmas Eve, we're going to have two services in the morning. Normally we have Christmas services in the evening on Christmas Eve, but since it's on a Sunday, we're going to do a 9 o'clock and a 1045 uh, so both services, so just so that you're aware of that. So we need some of you to come to the 9 o'clock service because <laughs> we're going to be packed out. That's usually our, one of our busiest uh, Sunday mornings. Um, so we'll do, again, just a little bit of pre-warning. We'll make some more details and announcements about that later. But um, I'm looking forward to the Christmas season uh, as, it, as it approaches. So next week we'll get right into that. So um, I love you guys. You look so good today. Dean and Rachel um, are going to be sharing today. Dean and Rachel just got back from Niger, or Niger, you may have heard it that way, Niger, Africa. They were there. It was a 10-day trip total. And um, let me just get you up to speed to where Abundant Life has been. Uh, in the past two years, we have invested about $10,000 in Niger. And today, we're going to hear about the fruit of that $10,000. And you think, man, that's a lot of money to, you know. Hey, you know what? You all give so much and so freely to the work of the Lord. It is great to have a beautiful church sanctuary. I'm thankful for the Christmas decorations, the drums, you know, the different things that we're able to have. But, man, it is so much more important to invest uh, outside of the four walls, amen? We need to do both. we got to take care of what God has given us. Absolutely, we will continue to do so. But also to reach out, uh, side, whether it be here in Mooresville, whether it be in Jamaica, we go there every year, or whether it be in, in Niger. And uh, we've also just recently, uh, we have some uh, friends who are missionaries in Ireland and been able to help there. But today, Dean and Rachel are going to share what that $10,000 has done. Let me break it down just real quick. Last year, we sent $5,000. That was to start to help start a national four-square church in Niger, just like we have a national church here in the U.S. Our home base is out in L.A. This started the national church in Niger. We were able to help bring leaders together to form the first national church, to help oversee the different tribes and the different pastors, to give direction, to make sure theology is good, because we want to make sure that we're teaching God's word. Amen. We also, uh, with that money, were able to do the first uh, marriage conference that was out there, and I think eight couples came, and so we were able to bring them, to lodge them, to feed them, so that they could take these ideas back to their tribes, because women aren't looked at very, well, it's kind of a, a much, much of a lesser person than, than the men are in there. So we're bringing that teaching. And so that was 5000 last year. This year, we paid for, uh, oh yeah, also bought a projector, which Dean and Rachel will talk about. This is a solar-powered backpack projector. So everything that they need for a screen and for the projector is in this backpack. And so they're able to go to the different tribes and show the Jesus films. Entire tribes are coming to know Jesus. And this is a 96% Muslim nation, 0.4%, 0.5% Christian. 
So we're taking the gospel, of, we're partnering with other people to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to Niger. That's not too small of an investment. Also, we were able to purchase a motorcycle uh, that helps the, the different pastors get from tribe to tribe to show the Jesus film. And what was that, Dean? And audio Bibles, that's right. We also purchased some audio Bibles because the literacy rate there is very low so they can listen to the Word of God on a loudspeaker for the tribes to hear. So the gospel is going forth, and Abundant Life is a big part of that uh, in these years. So that's what $10,000 has made possible. Now we want to hear the results of that. So can you welcome Dean and Rachel back from Niger? And as they share today, here's, here's, what I wanted, here's what I felt the Lord was speaking to me today before they start. It's a, I haven't seen you because I was on vacation when you got back, right? Love you guys. They're the missions directors here too, by the way. Um, but here's what God spoke to me. Usually when you hear from missionaries, you know, we, they're, you know, you hear these great stories, you see these great slides. But yesterday I was sitting reading my Bible, uh, drinking my coffee early in the morning. You know, we read through the Bible in a year, and so we have our daily reading plan. And I read the section that talked about where Jesus healed two blind men. And I was like, that's great. And I kept reading. And immediately, I sensed the Holy Spirit stop me and said, did you recognize what you just read? Two people were healed. They could not see. Jesus laid hands on them, received their sight, or he spoke to them, and they received their sight. Imagine if that were to happen today with Stasha. She's blind. She has her dog who leads her around, right? This place would get Pentecostal in here. Amen. It would. And so I'm reading through here, and I almost skimmed over the healing of two blind men. And the Holy Spirit reminded me, David, as you read the Word of God, this is miraculous, powerful stuff that is happening, but it's still happening today. Amen. It's still happening today. So I want you to listen to these stories of life because here's the thing. For those of you who give here at Abundant Life, part of our budget went to send them. You will also reap the rewards of the fruit. I have a feeling, I don't know what heaven's going to be like exactly, but I have a feeling we could see people coming up to us saying, you know, Christine and Mike, thank you for giving a dollar. Thank you for giving $20. Thank you for giving $100 because that enabled Dean and Rachel to come over and Scott and Kyle and these different people to come over to present the gospel of Jesus Christ so you are a part of that. Can you imagine what that would be like in heaven? That's why I want to encourage you. Continue to give to the work of the Lord. And I've talked enough, so you guys go for it. Love you guys. Oh, my gosh. Uh, man, we have got so much to say. First of all, I want to say thank you on behalf of Rachel and I for, for sowing into this, for your prayers. You know, I'm believing that the Lord is going to show you today some of your prayers that you've prayed and how he's answered them. And again, just as, as our pastor said, this is to your account. You know, this is biblical. This is, this is to your account. I want to give a shout-out to my mom. Oh, my gosh, we couldn't have done this without her. She was a missionary with boots on the ground. She took care of everything at our house while we were away. So thank you, Mom. Thank you a lot. Um, let's go to the first slide. The, the first and most single thing that is needed in these years is Jesus. Okay, Jesus is what these years needs more than everything. Seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. So we went there to the mission to give them Jesus. We stayed at a place called Cure, Cure Hospital. This was the hedge as, as we went into the hospital. 
a very nice, beautiful facility. It's definitely different than anything else that you would see in, in this year for the most part. Um, very gifted, talented. These people try, travel 18 hours out into the desert one way to pick up people to, to, bring, to bring health and healing to. And they preach the gospel as they do it. It's, it's gospel-oriented. Uh, next one. This picture here is something that happened everywhere we went. I, I, everywhere there was a crowd gathered, this young man here just presented the gospel of Jesus Christ through interpretation. Every one of these kids, and this is outside of a school, every one of these kids raised their hand and said, yes, we want this Jesus. That's to your account. That's your fault. It's your fault. I'm just telling you. It's your fault. So, uh, next slide, please. And I'm going to give this over to Rachel. Before she starts, I just want to remind you or tell you that I was called the husband of a preacher. I am not a preacher. <laughs> um, one of the first things that we did when we were there was a women's conference. Like Pastor David said, uh, the women are oppressed there. They are put down. They are made to feel lesser. They have babies, and that's their job. Take care, cook, you know, and just take care of things. Um, so our job was to build up the women. We had a conference for pastors' wives, and we found out later that not all of them were pastors' wives, um, some of them were non-believers, and they were at this conference, and we were able to love on them and just share the word with them, and um, we were able to um, just pour in, in, into them, and um, God was able to, to show up every single day at the conference. Um, one of the women every day accepted Jesus if they did not know him. Um, next slide. During the conference, we were able to pray over the women. We were able to anoint them with oil. We were able to wash their feet, which here we have on socks, we have on shoes, you know, we have nice grass and paved roads and over there, there is none of that. They, if they have shoes, it's sandals. If they fit, which most of them don't, uh, their feet are red from the, the dirt roads. The, their roads are sand. It's like walking on a beach. And we were driving on that for 10 days. Um, but their, their feet are just, after just being there for a few days, my feet were cracked and peeling and pretty much blistered from the, the sand there. Um, in James, nope, in John 13, 14, it says, And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. Here in America, that doesn't really mean anything, to wash somebody's feet. I mean, we, we are clean. Our feet are covered. There, the women were weeping when we were Amen. washing their feet. It was a very humbling experience, um, and it was just 
one of the, the best parts of the, the conference. In James 4.10, it says, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. That conference was for them, but it was more so for me. Dean just became a, a pastor. He just got his license. Um, so for me to be ministering to pastor's wives, they were actually ministering to me. It gave me a new confidence, a new boldness, a new look on life. I mean, I'm going to add to this. Uh, as the women were being, as Rachel delivered a message and it had to do with the healings, we called forth for healing. Anyone that needed a miraculous touch from God, we asked if they would stand up. Uh, we just simply prayed for them. Uh, they may have come forward, I don't remember. Um, but after it was all said and done, we asked for testimony. We believe that God was touching, doing something in that moment, in that very time. And it turns out, nine people in the service stood up and gave testimony of how God healed them instantly, immediately. And what's even another part of that is, one of our team members was with us, needed healing. She didn't raise her hand. She didn't say anything to anybody. But she came back and said, Jesus healed me. <laughs> so, I mean, that's all, all to his glory. God was moving in the midst of this place. So, next slide, please. That's you. No. That is me. But. This is a school. We were going over to the school. School was not in session at this time. Uh, we wanted to go over and look at the school. Uh, these two young ladies saw Rachel coming out and ran over to her and just grabbed her hand and just started walking with her. And I'm just like, oh, why can't I have that effect on kids? <laughs> but just amazing how the girls just, just flocked to her. This is the classrooms. One of the classrooms, uh, this one on the right, is uh, their chalkboard in one of the grass huts. Uh, this is inside one of the classrooms where we presented the gospel. We used a soccer ball that has like the salvation bracelets that had the different colors. So we would present the gospel with the soccer ball, with the colors. Um, actually, we prayed for these individuals, which we were in a secular school at the time. Um, which actually got us in a little bit of trouble. Um, but um, entire classes were coming to faith in Jesus. Um, we, we had one instance in one of the classrooms where uh, there was a, a lady there, a very devout Muslim, that took offense to it, and they cut us off, get out. Um, so, anybody next? Anybody would like to take a guess of what this just might be? These are the, the conditions that, uh, this is a school bathroom. This is what the, the kids used as a school. You stood on the bricks and did your business. And, and we used it while we were at the church at the conference. Yeah. So, uh, in, in the city, there is uh, no trash service. There's no, um, what you do with your trash, you burn it. So there's fires going everywhere. Um, there's no city sewer, so what do you do with it? You put it in the ditch. 
um, very primitive, very, a lot of plastic in, in, in many places, very poor nation that I, we believe just needs some education. Um, next slide, please. I was able to deliver a message. Um, this was in the church, uh, three different languages. Uh, I spoke in English, it was spoken in French, and then I think it was Germanchi. I'm not sure what the other one was. Uh, but we had many people come, uh, had 17 people, I believe it was, that answered the call that they believe that they're supposed to, to step outside and to, to make Jesus known, not only to Niger, but to the nations. We were able to speak prophetically into, into their lives. Um, and so at the end, I just I was like, okay, you know, presenting the gospel. Does anybody here like to receive Jesus as Lord? Just a, a simple message. And this one little boy in the back raised his hand. And I was like, come on up. So he came up. I grabbed his hand. And I turned around to, to Pastor Omar. And I, and I looked at him. I was going to have him translate have him lead this young man to the Lord. And uh, Pastor Omar is weeping. He's just standing there. And I'm going, what in the world? And uh, Pastor Scott says, Dean, that's his son. And, uh, man, I could barely hold it together. But I said, Omar, lead your, lead your son to the Lord. He's like, no, you do it. I said, okay. So we, we led this young man to the Lord. And just an amazing day for for Pastor Omar, for his family. And, um, we got to do, a, after this was done, there was a, 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 an older man that came up with his young child and he said, I want my baby saved. I said, okay. I said, well, this is how we do it, you know. And we, towards the end of the service, I'm holding this child and, and I motioned to Scott. And basically, to make a long story short, we had the first baby dedication ever in this church. And it was just a, a powerful moment that, that we could dedicate this young young child to the Lord. And I have pictures, but we had to pick through so, so many. We had about 900 pictures. Um, insert your jokes. It's okay. Dean made two friends while we were there. <laughs> uh, those were our two friends that uh, we met. This was the school. This, we had uh, some soccer uniforms. You can see the dust flying up in the air. And we had some soccer uniforms that we wanted to present to the team uh, that were brought over. Everybody was lined up around the field at this moment. And one wrong move from our team about started a riot. I looked over and one of our team members did a simple motion like that. The entire field was rushed. They saw these uniforms and they wanted them and they wanted to get them. They were hitting each other in the face. They were, it was, it was uh, pretty, got pretty intense. The, the principal actually went and got a stick, came out and, you know, kind of separated people up. That was a, a pretty intense moment there, just the, the desire to, to have something. This was at Cure Hospital. This is a hard, hard one to look at. We, 
had to talk this over whether to even put this up because this was something that was difficult to watch. We, I, we don't know exactly what is going on with this young man. Obviously, you can see his leg, his foot, um, his deformities. Uh, there were three guys like this. Um, you know, they've come to receive healing and more important, come to receive Jesus. I'm guessing, and this is a guess, this has something to do with malnutrition, just from what we've seen out in the villages. Um, these are images that I can't unsee. And my prayer is, is that as you see these images, you can't unsee them either because there's a need. Motorcycles. Outnumbered cars, probably 15 to 1. I was leaping for joy when I woke up and the, and the sun was up and I saw motorcycles everywhere. I'm like, yes! <laughs> this is where I'm supposed to be. They put everything on motorcycles. They put entire families on motorcycles. They put, hey, yeah, we're driving down the road and they're seeing us uh, take pictures of them on motorcycles. I saw an entire cow on a motorcycle. <laughs> it was slaughtered, and it was going down the road in front of us. Not wrapped up, not anything, <laughs> just out and, the just, and who knows whether we ate that or not. I don't know. <laughs> it's just better not to know. <laughs> uh, eating Niger style. This is how... They eat in these year. Fortunately, they, they knew our customs. They knew the way that we did it most of the time. Well, all the time for most of the people, we didn't have to eat like this. But you put a pan of food down on the floor, you circled up, and you grabbed your handfuls. I mean, I'm talking, they take the rice, they take it and they make a ball with the rice and just... I'm just okay. This one's yours, Rachel. Was a superstar. She no, <laughs> everywhere we went. This was the scene with people wanting to just merely touch us. They saw white people, and they would come up and they touch our hands, and they'd run away giggling. They just wanted to, to, to be around us, to touch our hair, to, to whatever. Uh, this was actually one of the schools that went in. This is a Christian school, by the way. They're all in uniform. They are, um, in this particular school, we talked to the, the headmaster. One percent of these children are Christian in an all-Christian school. This is a wide open door for us. And we were able to go in and present the gospel. They're getting taught the gospel. Uh, they are getting kicked back from families. Uh, they're, they're getting testaments handed to them. And the, te and the people are coming back saying, look, we don't want your teaching of Jesus. We just want the education. And you know, that, that's just part of it. Uh, this is uh, lunch line for students. This is what you would go to your lunch line and get your, get your lunch 
from Utah Federation. So it was about 95 to 100 degrees every day there, which I loved, absolutely loved it. Um, the kids, as you see here, it was right about 95 degrees when we were at this school. Um, the parents are afraid that the kids will get the chill, so they have on coats and hats and everything else so that they don't get sick. This was when we went to the village. My heart broke at this moment. This little girl was sitting there by herself. She is wet, soiled, crying. There was no one around. Me and Cassie went up to her and, you know, just loved on her. You know, and it, it made me think of those commercials that we see on TV, the, the children in Africa and, you know, the, the big bellies and, and they're hungry. That's the reality. We witnessed that so much over there. They have nothing. They have nothing. The kids were so happy. They're outside, they're playing, they have nothing. They're rolling tires. You know, you used to see that in the, the old days and, and stuff. They are completely happy with nothing. This was the, the same village uh, that we were in. Um, this was a, a village that was, had previously had the gospel preached to them. There was a church that was planted in this village. So our job this day was to come to the village to, to bring encouragement. See how you're doing. You know, how is it that we can help you? Well, this particular village um, did not have a pastor. There, there are evangelists that were out uh, going from village to village, but no one would step up to be a pastor. So there was a guy that took it, had a heart for pastoring. He had an evangelism unit there. I, I don't know, probably when the evangelist was letting him use it to teach by. Um, but this guy in the gray came up to us and um, with the other leaders that were there. And the other leaders spoke into this man's life and told how he had come along and into the, the village and taken the village on as his own to pastor them. So we are sensitive to what Holy Spirit is doing. And Holy Spirit seemed good to Holy Spirit to appoint this man pastor. So he is now a pastor of this um, village with a simple handshake. You know, follow-up, just an amazing time. It was a defining moment because this isn't something that, 
that Pastor Scott did or, or anybody else. God is building His church. He's doing it. This is a, a picture of one of the evangelism units. Uh, this is actually the one that we um, took to uh, the next village. We left the previous village where the pastor was appointed um, after uh, it got dark. Um, I was able to once again present the gospel. Rachel turns around and looks at the tree and said, Dean, there's the tree. You wanted a tree, church. Here it is. <laughs> so we, I got to present the gospel. Um, there just happened to be a gold rush going on next to us in, in a village, which um, they had found out that there were uh, a lot of white people in the village, and a lot of the young men came over from the gold rush. Uh, and then we were able to present the gospel. I don't know how many people got saved. I know that it was dark. I really couldn't see if we were with flashlights presenting the gospel. Um, there was a time when somebody said, turn the light off. They didn't want to be recognized um, because of their beliefs. Uh, it, but so, they accepted Jesus. But they accepted Jesus. It was um, it's a dangerous place. To, to walk in the newness of Christ with unbelievers. Uh, there's persecution going on there. there are, I had one guy come up to me and said, what do I do? How, I'm being persecuted. And the answer is the word of God. Blessed are you. And I just read scripture to him. And uh, that's the only way that I could minister to that was through the word of God. And that's enough. After we presented the gospel, we, um, first of all, I'll say that at that night, we presented the gospel, the entire village came to faith. During the presentation of the gospel, or after, the, there was a call for illnesses. There was someone there that had heart palpitations. Heart just pounding. Needed to be freed from that. There was someone there that had uh, night terrors. This is this is a village of witchcraft, by the way. They had uh, night terrors. There was another person there that had dim eyes. From what I can tell, wasn't completely blind, but had dim eyes. And the glory to Jesus. Heart palpitations gone in Jesus' name. Dim eyes made clear in Jesus' name. Turn around and look, and there was a fire off in the distance. They said, can you see the fire? And she's like, yes, it is clear. Night terror is gone in Jesus' name. Many signs and wonders. and just So we, we uh, presented the gospel. We stayed the night. Guys, I'm here to tell you, I was not prepared. I was not prepared for desert life at night. It was cold. Oh, my goodness. I was prepared for summertime in the Carolinas at night. No problem. Sadly mistaken. I froze. I froze. 
That was a miserable night for me. I was prepared. <laughs> uh, she was prepared. This is morning time back at... Rachel. But I don't think that I was prepared to wake up and see chickens and goats walking right next to my bed. Yeah, it was pitch dark when we got to this village. We went across the desert in the middle of the night with lights that barely worked, with uh, in the bush, literally, I mean, stuff scraping down the sides of these cars and just up and down and around. And So we had no clue where we were. Um, so we wake up, and of course, I'm the one with the camera, and I had to get a picture of Rachel with the animals in the background. They did offer us um, to stay in one of their huts, which their huts look like this. They're made of straw, hay. Some of them are made out of stone and brick like that one you see there. Um, and we looked inside there, and there were chickens running around in there. So we opted to sleep outside um, the, the hut, which I'm glad we did. One of the ladies from Niger that was with us, Pastor Omar's wife, Sarah, and she stayed in the hut. Uh, you know, they're used to that. But in the middle of the night, she came out because she heard a, mo heard a mouse in there. And so she, <laughs> she was okay with the chickens, but not with the mouse. So she came and stayed outside with us. This is the village man of peace, we call him. He is the chief. He, what he says, go in this village. This is a, a village, was, to the glory of Jesus, a village of witchcraft. Okay? This guy, our person went ahead of us to set up plans to set up the Jesus film. He said, you can come, but you cannot show that, that film in the village, inside the, the walls of the village. I said, well, we're not coming. He said, okay. After, okay, you can come. So we came, set up the Jesus film. Now it, it's a screen that you can actually see on both sides. Uh, it's got a loudspeaker that's very loud. It's all solar powered. And so we set it up. We put the speaker on top of one of these. Actually, there's a barn on part of the shelter. Man of peace goes outside. He says, I have nothing to do with this. Goes outside the village. We present the gospel. Everything's done. Next day we talked to him. Pastor Scott asked him about what went on and asked him if he received Jesus as his Lord and Savior. He said yes. This man was outside the village, refused to watch the Jesus film, but the Word of God cannot be chained. He heard it. He got the message. He was saved. He was so thankful. Thankful for, I mean, this is generations, generations upon generations and generations of witchcraft that have been broken in the name of Jesus. It's your fault. <laughs> this is when his confession of faith. Pastor Scott is talking to the man through interpretation. Omar's behind him interpreting. But this is his confession of faith that Jesus is Lord. And he doesn't stop there. He's like, what do we do next? Hallelujah. So we, there is a, someone that is appointed to, to follow up, to, to teach, and, to, and there will be 
uh, someone that will be appointed pastors and elders. And as this church grows, God is building his church. You want to hit this one? The women there are not highly esteemed, to say the least. Most of the girls and women, not all of them, but a good portion of them are marked. This is mine. At, at age eight days old, they will take their babies and they will cut them. They will make marks and they'll put, I don't know, when, whatever they have, which is dirt. dirt, more than likely, something to, to scar it. These children here have never seen their face. Before. They may be able to look in a, some water or something like that. But a camera, an iPhone, was a connection for me. Take a picture, let them see it. And just the amazement of, you know, and then they laugh and they giggle. Then they go get their entire families. You know, and want their pictures taken. But these children had never seen their face before, I don't believe. I really don't think that they have. And at one point, I was off away from everybody, and the girls were over there. So I'm taking pictures and kind of pulling them over to the girls. And next one. That's the hut that they were offered in the back to sleep in. Um, you can see the livestock that, that's running around out there. Uh, so, next one. Rachel in, the, in her glory. I'm saying Again, taking pictures, showing the uh, kids their pictures. Camel rides, we did get to, to go on camel rides. Now, this one was my camel. <laughs> he's cute, isn't he? No, he's not. <laughs> he was not nice. He took one look at me and started gargling. The guy ran over. Took that rope that's got the ring in it and took it and held his head straight up. And he looked at me and said, get on. <laughs> While he had his head up, it sounded like there was five gallons of, I'm going to say motor oil, but it was something. Because <laughs> it oh, oh, oh. I'm like, oh, my gosh. But anyway, I got on him, and he couldn't do whatever he was planning on doing to me anyway, so. We uh, got up to the top of the dune. Uh, this is actually a large dune. Picture doesn't do it justice. The wide open space out there. Just, uh, just one of the highlights of our, our trip. And this one I saved for last. That is uh, Cassie and myself. Uh, the first village we went into, we were able to present the gospel. I, I, I preached the word. Um, we called for, for healing. 
for people that needed serious illnesses. There were people that came forth that had demons. They asked demons to be taken out. This particular gentleman came up to me, and of all people, he was injured in a motorcycle accident. He was walking, that's a cane. He, he, he kept it right here to the side, and he would, he would walk. He stepped forward, Cassie and I, all the glory to God, got down on our knees in the filth and put our hands on this man's legs and just started praying. There's no interpretation. We just started praying. And as God is my witness, Jesus Christ, who is the same God yesterday, today, and forever, brought a miraculous sign to me to build my faith because in my hands, Jesus Christ healed him. I felt the bones aligning. I felt the ligaments coming into place. All to his glory. And I stood up and I, I, doubt starts entering my mind. And you didn't really feel that, this, that, and another. And I looked over at Cassie. I said, did you feel what I felt? And she had this look on her face. She's like, yes. This man, how we stood him up and I said, all right, move your leg. He starts moving his leg. He starts walking around. He takes his crutch and he hands it off and he walks away. Now you know. You know that that man walked through the village and those people have been watching him for a long time because this cane's got some wear on it. Been walking around this village without that cane and they're going to ask him what happened to him. And do you know he's going to tell them that he was healed by Jesus Christ? It's your fault. <laughs> Guys, this is a, an amazing mission field. And I cannot leave here today without presenting the good news of Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Jesus Christ was born of a virgin. He came to earth by His own will. He lived a sinless life. He came to take be the sacrifice for my sins, for your sins. Because it's a sin that separates us from God. And through Jesus Christ, the veil has been torn, and now we have full access to God the Father through the blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was nailed to the cross after a brutal beatings. Died the death that I deserve. Died the death that you deserve. And three days later, he rose again. Therefore, verifying 
everything that he said, everything that he taught is true. I encourage you today, if you do not know this Jesus as Lord and Savior, we've all heard the name of Jesus. We're in the United States. You're in this, in this church. Salvation has come today. This is the good news of Jesus Christ. Today's a day of salvation. Do not harden your hearts as in the day of rebellion. See, somebody's heart is knocking real hard right now. You feel it. You feel your heart pounding. And it's up to you to make the choice. Jesus says, see, I stand at the door and knock. Jesus is knocking. Is that you? You know, the Bible's clear about believing in our hearts and confessing with our mouth Jesus is Lord and you'll be saved. This isn't a call to embarrass anybody at all. But if, you, if this has touched you in any way, you know, you say, but why do you guys do this? It's the love of God that compels us. That's available for you as well. So if that's you, I would just ask you to raise your hand. Say, hey, this is Jesus. This is the Jesus that I want. Praise God. We're all believers in here. We have work to do. In Luke 10, 2, Jesus says, The harvest is truly great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of harvest to send out laborers into his field. I'm praying that every one of you, every one of us, go out to the field to harvest. Okay, I want you to pray that as well. And I'm going to tell you something. Sometimes the answer to God's prayer is you. Will you answer the call? Will you answer the call? to tell your family about Jesus? Will you answer the call to go into the workplace and and talk about Jesus? Will you answer the call to go into the marketplace, to Walmart, wherever your foot finds you, and tell somebody, Jesus loves you. Be a seed planter, a seed water for His glory. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank You for Your grace. Lord, we thank You that Your Word will not return void. Lord, I thank you for each and every person that is in here. And Lord, we pray, we pray to you 
the Lord of harvest, Lord, that you will send out laborers into the field. Lord, I pray that, that through your spirit that you'll do a mighty work in each and every one of our hearts. Lord, even as now, as I'm praying, Lord, I believe that you're, you're touching people's hearts with areas where you're calling them to step out on. And Lord, I pray that we'll be found faithful and true. And be it unto your glories. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And we pray for you, uh, for those of you who are not aware, Dean uh, and, of course, his mom lost, lost Dean's dad earlier this year. And um, so uh, I'm sure he'd be proud. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I've asked them to stay here just for a moment. I'm going to wrap this up really quick. So here's the thing. What do we do with this? What do we do with this missions presentation, this amazing stories that happen? Because typically the question that we first ask is, why does this happen on the mission field, and why do we not see more of this here where we are? Here's the thing. Dean and Rachel and the team went with expectation and with prayer, waiting to see for it to happen. So here's what I want to encourage you. This is your challenge this week. I want you to begin praying today that God would use you to pray for someone to be healed, to come to know Jesus. God wants to work. He said that sometimes the answer is you. God will use you. So you go pray and you expect for God to use you to bring the miraculous in someone's life. This isn't just reserved for the mission field. Your mission field is wherever you work, your neighborhood, your home. So let's make that commitment. Matt's going to pray for us here in a moment. Matt, I'm going to ask that you pray that we would be emboldened this week and expecting this week for God to work through us just like he did in Niger. Amen? Amen. Amen. So Matt's going to come up here and pray in just a moment. Uh, I'm going to ask, he'll be here. If Maybe you didn't raise your hand to receive Jesus today and you're thinking, I need to do that. Matt's going to be available. Dean and Rachel, I'm going to ask them to be available. I believe a spirit of expectation was, was formed today. Mr. You know, the elders, if you can make yourself available as well. And you want to receive prayer. Maybe you want healing in your life. You know, you want God to do it. It's nothing magical about this couple. It's Jesus Christ. Right. It's the power of God that's working through them. So feel free to come down for prayer after we dismiss. Um, and just one quick thing as we are dismissing before Matt comes up. We're going to have a very brief membership meeting uh, here. You know, one of the things that we do every year is we have a council. Dean's coming off. He's one of those who's coming off of the council. We'll talk about it in just a moment. But the council will set a budget for things like this. You know, obviously paying the bills, all the different things that have to be paid. How much are we going to put for missions? We're appointing three new council members to join 
there's a total of six. So um, if you are a member of the church, you're able to vote in that. Um, and if you're not a member of the church, you just kind of want to see how it works, you're welcome to be here. We don't throw things. I know maybe you've come from a church that they throw things at each other. We don't do that. We do everything. We, we just allow the Spirit of God to show up, and we say, hey, we feel that these are the appointed people to help oversee the finances because here's the thing. We want everything to be above board, especially when it comes to money, right? And uh, make sure we're doing the mission that God has called us to. So if you're a member, we need you just to hang out for 10, 15 minutes. And, uh, and everyone else, I'll see you here at the back door and uh, greet you on the way out. But um, that's all I have. So thank you, guys. We love you. Who wants to go to Niger? Come on. Come okay, on, I see. You, not everybody needs to go, but there's a few. All right. Next year. Next year. <laughs> And then if you're not sure about going to Niger because you don't want to sleep with uh, mice and stuff and all that kind of stuff, we go to Jamaica, too, and it's much easier. So, uh, But anyway, uh, Matt, if you'll come on up here and pray us out of here, I'll see you all at the back. We love you very much. Let us pray. Father God, you love us so much, Lord. Father God, thank you for this day. Thank you for, for these four walls where we have preached your word, where we have maybe discovered a, a new outlook on life, a new, a new outlook on what your word says, Lord God. One of the things that I'm reminded of when Dean came back is that he will never read his Bible again the same. Father God, you've equipped us today to go out into the world, Lord. Father, there is people here that have burdens, that need prayer and there is an opportunity today to get that, Lord. But we know and we believe and we see, Lord, that we are healed of all these things that just weigh us down, Lord God. And we are called as your children to go out into the world and let them know about Jesus. Father God, I just pray for the boldness that Pastor David spoke of, Lord, for us to be seeking out opportunities to lift someone up out of uh, maybe the pit that they're going through, Lord God, to, to lift them up and offer them encouragement, Lord God. But above all, Lord, if they don't know Jesus, may we be bold and just speak life into them, Lord. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the eternity that we are guaranteed, Lord God. May our faith be strengthened as we go out, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.